Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. I'm a one-trick pony, man. I got nothing but gospel. What does gospel mean? Mm-hmm. All right? If the gospel that you believe is not too good to be true, you should rethink it because it's not gospel. Come on. Jesus didn't bring the almost good news. He didn't say, I'm coming almost preaching the gospel. He said, behold, I bring you tidings of great joy. You know, when Jesus was born, this is a really good really good word for you. When Jesus was born, the gospel started. Ready for this? When Jesus was born, this is what Gabriel told Mary. Behold, I bring you glad tidings, which shall be great joy. Watch this. Not for Christians, but for all people. Do you hear what I just said? The angel said, the birth of this baby boy will be great joy to all people. So the gospel started in a manger. I ain't saying nothing's quiet in this Baptist church today, but it's okay. God is good. Listen, I got about 37 scriptures to read to you today. Katie, I just shot you a lot of scripture, but I'm going to start at Matthew. And uh, not that we'll use them, but, you know, once again in America, it's not a legal service unless you read the Bible. So to help out all my, all my fellow American believers. Come on, if you're bored, shout Amen. amen. <laughs> Well, 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 oh, Lord. I'm about to go. I'm about to start hooping in here. Listen. In America, we say amen to anything. Preacher said it must be true, brother. Glory to God. (laughs) Ain't hurt my feelings. I'm good. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. Matthew chapter 7, 7 through 11. And uh, I don't know if we'll... Once again, get to all these, but I'm going to just talk about them for a little bit. Man, my heart is so stirred. I want to say next Sunday. Everybody say next Sunday. Next Sunday, remember now, from here on now, the third Sunday of the month, we will take up an extra offering just for the future of the way church. Um, I love being honest with people. I don't know where we're going and where we're going to be, but we're going to be somewhere. And the Lord's going to make a, a way and a place for us, right? I'm believing the Lord to provide a place for us. So when you pray... You can pray for us, Lord. Show them where where we're supposed to be. I don't care if it's a building. Right now, to be honest with you, I will take. <laughs> I know the Lord has something with a closet. Anyway, I always people always laugh. I actually gave a tour to our building this week, and the guy was like, "Man, you, this is a this is a really nice building." I said, "Yeah, we don't got a closet though. I'm just believing God for a closet, brother. Like we just get a closet. That's big hopes, right?" But so we'll receive that offering uh, next week. Matthew chapter 7, I'm going to read 7 through 11. You ready? This is Jesus speaking. Remember, we're in a series really called Captivating. I think for the next little bit, I'm going to just be preaching straight through the book of Acts. And uh, this is going to tie into it. This is Jesus. Jesus says, ask. Let me read it from New King James. Let me do that. And then I'll read it from this translation because I I want to read both. 7 through 11. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will what? Knock, and the door will be what? Open to you. Watch this. No, watch this. Verse 8. For everyone, not some, everyone who asks what? 
And he who seeks, what? And to him who knocks, it will be what? Open. Now, listen to what Jesus is saying. He's trying to reveal a little bit more of the nature of who Papa is. Watch this. What man is there among you, or parent among you, if his son asks him for bread? It's clear what the son asked for. If your son asks you for bread, what parent among you would give him a stone? Or if your son asks you for a fish, what man or parent would give him a serpent? And then Jesus says this, if you being being evil, or better translation, if you being imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best for them. If you are imperfect and you know how to do that. I love this statement. You need to underline these every time you find them. Ready for this? Watch this. If you been perfect and how to do that, he says, how much more? I love the how much mores of the Bible. How much more will your heavenly father, who's perfect in every way, who is in heaven, give, watch this, good things to those who what? Ask him. That's why she said, you need a kitchen sink. See, we think God is just, God just cares about salvation. Let's go into heaven. God cares about the TV you watch, the color of your mailbox, the, your next favorite hairstyle that you're going to go try to save up money and go get, whether you buy it or whatever you do for it. He cares about the details of your life. The reason a lot of us don't have is because we failed to ask. Because you have not, because you didn't ask. What did the older, older brother in the prodigal son story say? The older brother. He said, Dad, you never, you never gave me a goat. You never threw a party for me. Can you see the father saying back, you never ask. The father says, everything I have is yours. Verse 12, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Let's look at Luke's gospel, chapter, oh, did I put that one in there? Katie, did I text you Luke's gospel, chapter 11, verse 9 through 13, Luke 11, 9 through 13. Luke 11, 9 through 13. So I say to you again, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? The answer to that is no. If your son asks you for a fish, would you give him a snake instead? The answer to that, I hope, is no for you. Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? No. Or if he asks for Chick-fil-A, would you give him Popeyes? No. You just wouldn't do it, right? If you then being evil, or if you then being imperfect, know how to give good gifts to your children. Everybody say to say, how much more? Will your heavenly father, watch this now, in Matthew's gospel, Matthew recorded it and said, how much more will your heavenly father not give good things to those or gifts to those who ask him? But watch what the Dr. Luke, a, a person who is skilled in precision, watch what he says. How much more will your heavenly father not give Holy Spirit to those who ask him? <laughs> now, let's look at Acts, the book of Acts, 
chapter 1, verse 4 through 8 again. The book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Here it is. And being assembled together with them, this is after the resurrection, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the what? Promise of the, that's the greatest name in my opinion right now for the Holy Spirit, for me. He's the promise of the Father. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard it from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized or immersed with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked Jesus, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Or to Israel. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive dunamis or power when? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, unto the uttermost parts of the earth. I do not have time. James chapter 1 verse 17. Matthew called the Holy Spirit a good gift. Luke called him Holy Spirit. Listen to what James says, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift. I only know one of those. I mean, my wife is the second one, but for me. But every, every good gift and every perfect gift is from where? And it comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. <laughs> Man, I love the gospel. I love the gospel. Now, I'm going I'm to just mess around with you for a little bit. John chapter 16. Jesus says, I'm going to ask the Father, John 16 and 16, and he will give you another helper. Why? Because this time, Jesus was their helper. But the Father is going to give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. What is Jesus saying? I'm not going to be with you forever. But the one who's coming, he will. He's the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive Why come they won't receive him? Because they don't see him or know him. But you know him. How do I know I know him? For he dwells with you and will be where? I will not leave you as orphans. Go ahead, Jesus. I will not leave you as orphans. Let me read uh, John 16 and 7. I don't know if I gave you those, Katie. I think I did. I I don't have them on my computer, but let me just go there. So much Bible, man. Most of us don't have a devotional life at home, so I'm trying to make up for what we don't do during the week. So here we go. John 16 and 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. Everybody say, I got an advantage. Come on, say, I got an advantage. It is to your advantage that I go away. This is Jesus telling the disciples, I'm leaving. If I do not go away, the what? The allos in the Greek. The allos will not come to you. But if I leave... I'm going to send him. And when he comes, what's he going to do? He's going to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Why sin? Because they don't believe in me, Jesus says. Why righteousness? Because I'm going back to my father, and you won't see me anymore. Why judgment? Because the ruler of this world is judged. He says, I got so much stuff to tell you, but you can't bear them now. Listen, I'm going to throw this Bible word here. Where's Brooklyn? She's not even up here today. So Jesus says, I have a lot to tell you, but you can't bear it. Bear is a term that means wait. If I told you everything I wanted to tell you, he says, the framework of your life wouldn't support it. Not where you are right now. 
And that was actually mercy. You ready for this? You couldn't bear it. However, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into what? Jesus says, I got some truth I can't even tell you about right now. I can't even tell you about it. But when the Holy Spirit comes, who is the spirit of truth, he's not just going to tell you about it. He's going to lead you into what I couldn't even tell you about. Listen, listen. And he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, the Holy Spirit got a big mouth. He's going to tell it. You know them friends? He's going to tell everything. He said, whatever he hears, he's going to what? And he's going to tell you things to come. What if he hears it from the father or from me, he's going to tell you. Watch this. Verse 14. He, this is Jesus. Jesus says, the Holy Spirit will what of me? He's going to what me? He's going to what? Glorify me. You know why? He's going to take of what is mine. When I leave, you ain't going to see me no more. But the Holy Spirit's going to take what's mine and he's going to tell it to you. He's going to tell it to you. Let me just stop there. I love the title, The Promise of the Father. Remember, we jumped around a little bit. We preached Acts 2, then we went back to Acts 1, and now we're just wherever. We're somewhere in the scriptures. The Promise of the Father. The greatest title for me right now of the Holy Spirit is that he is the promise of the Father. In the Old Covenant. Everybody say Old Covenant. Let me just draw a line here just for my own. Now listen, I write like a kindergarten, but it's okay. In the Old Covenant. And this is the new covenant. In the old covenant, I want you to picture, as it were, what we call the what? The Trinity, right? We're going to say we got the Father here. If the Father's sitting this way, the Son's not on the left hand, but the Son's on the right hand. And here I'm going to put Son. And here I'm putting HS for Holy Spirit, right? You have the Father and the Son and the Spirit in heaven, but off and on, Throughout the Old Covenant, you really see the Father coming down, doing certain things at certain times on the planet. That's a beautiful globe. That's, it looks like a guy that's pretty upset. I don't know. So, so when the Father would come down in the Old Covenant, as it were, who did that leave in the heavens? It left the Son and the Holy Spirit. But you see the Father just coming down and dealing with humanity from time to time which left the Son and the Holy Spirit in heaven. And there was a time, you know, that there wasn't even revelation that there was a trinity. We just knew there was God. We just knew there was Yahweh. Hindsight, now we recognize that because of the scriptures. But even the Jewish people didn't always know that. They, like us, were progressively getting revealed to them the nature of the being we know as God the Father. Now we can look back. At, at the first verse in the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And we can open up concordance and we can see that that term is actually plural. What? How, how can it be plural? It just says God. See, when we think God walked with Adam in Eden, we think of one person. No, that means there were three walking with Adam. Abraham meets the Lord by his tent door at Mamre and has a meal with him. And as Abraham sees the Lord, the Bible says he sees three men. Oh, if I could throw this table, I would throw it. And he made a meal for the Lord. <laughs> but we didn't even always understand that that really was the Trinity. 
showing up at different times and in different ways in the scripture. Nebuchadnezzar throws the three Hebrew boys, Hanani, Mishael, and Azariah, that's their Hebrew names, throws them into a fiery furnace. We know their names as what? Meshach, Yoshak, and the bungalow, right? We, that's what we know them as. That's what we know them as, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and the bungalow, right? We, we know them as that, but that was, that was their Babylonian names. He throws them in the fire, goes back to make sure they had been consumed, and when he looks in, he says, hey, uh, hey, Ralph, did, uh, did we throw three of them in there? Ralph's like, yes, yeah, we did. Look, I ain't the best at math, but I'm counting one, two, three, four. He said, I see four men, watch this, and they're walking around. Then he says this, and they're not bound up the way we threw them in there. They're not burned up. And then he says this, and he says, the fourth one looks like the son of where he wasn't born again. Certainly the Lord would, re, would reveal this to a Christian. No, this guy wasn't born again, looks into a fiery furnace, and he sees a man that he says, he looks like the son of God. When I get to heaven, I got to have a conversation with the Holy Spirit and say, you got to tell me how you revealed that to him. So we see these glimpses, these Christophanies in the Old Testament a lot. And there's times the Holy Spirit's obviously moving and the Father's obviously moving and the Son's obviously moving. But overall, you see the presence of the Father in the Old Covenant coming down, ministering to people. And then the New Covenant comes into play. And then it's almost as if the Father, as it were, not that he went back up because really he's everywhere, but as it were, just for teaching's sake, imagine the father going back up into the heavens and then you see, as it were, it's as if the son comes down. And the son for 33 and a half years lived with amazing integrity and character and demonstrated power and love to the earth. But the Holy Spirit came and rested on the shoulder of the son, which really was the son's anointing as it were, but primarily for the lifestyle, the lifetime of Jesus, it was Jesus, the Son of God, having dealings with humanity. But Jesus, as we just read, would end up telling the disciples, look, the time's coming, guys, I'm leaving. They would say, where are you going? He said, I'm going back to my who? Father. He said, but when I go, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm not going to leave you. Don't think of a person that don't have a house. Don't, don't think that. Don't think of a person that doesn't have a parent right there. Think of a person that doesn't have a place. I'm not going to leave you without a true home in the Father. I'm going to send someone to you. And he, Jesus called him Allos. It's A-L-L-O-S. It means another of the same kind. He's not me, but he's exactly like me. So Jesus goes back up, takes his place, as it were, on the right hand of the Father. And then another of the same kind comes down to the earth. You tracking with me? Now, this is Holy Spirit. How did Jesus do the things he did in his last three and a half years of ministry? The first 30 years of Jesus's life, you really don't read a whole lot of dealings of what the Holy Spirit did on him or through him or even speaking to him, though we know he did. But at the baptism of John, the Holy Spirit rests on the shoulders of Jesus. And Jesus begins to do these righteous riots from town to town, from village to village. And he began to drop nuggets along the way that this is really the Holy Spirit moving. Now, why is this important? Because Jesus Christ, 
Why is it important that we understand a little bit about the incarnation, which enough churches do not talk about this? Not in the West, because we're too big, we're too famous, and we know how to do church good enough, we get people to come regardless. And we end up growing old in church, we just don't grow up in church. We don't learn anything, but we're entertained immensely. The Holy Spirit upon Jesus was empowerment, yes, but I want you to hear this. Holy Spirit, help me to make this extremely clear. It's important for us to understand why Jesus had to be born as a man. Because it was mankind that got themselves into a dilemma. And the Redeemer had to become like those that he was redeeming. So God couldn't send an angel flying from the heavens to redeem us. Because who did God give dominion to the earth to? Angels? No, humans. He said, let them have dominion. And because you have dominion, you got yourself into a mess. God can no longer just come to the earth as it were and do anything or he would override his own word. Because he said, let them have dominion. But, Amos 3 and 3, how can two walk together except they be in agreement? If I can find somebody to get into agreement with me, I can still do things in the planet. So God has to come and redeem man a legal way. Mankind needed a kinsman redeemer. (laughs) We needed somebody that was kin or like to us. So the son comes, takes upon himself a human body, just like us humans who got ourselves in this dilemma. And he lived, watch this, he, he lived with the same restraints we live with. Jesus never knew what it was to be hot or to sweat or to be hungry or to be thirsty or to feel pain. Not up here. But when he came down here, he did. And he emptied himself in all ways and became like us in every way. Even tempted like as we are. But the scripture says, yet he was without sin. And at the age of 30, Jesus meets the Christ. He was never called Jesus Christ until the age of 30 at baptism. Holy Spirit rests upon Jesus. Now you see this God-man walking around doing amazing things. What in the world happened? See, Jesus did not do miracles for them to merely be worshipped. He did miracles as a man, watch this, anointed by the Holy Spirit. He did, that's why the greatest title of Jesus about himself was this. He said, I am the son of man. That was the term from Daniel, the book of Daniel. Really a messianic term for them. Everybody around knew what he was talking about. He he rarely walked around calling himself the son of God. Because if it had been the son of God doing miracles, we could have clapped and said, that's awesome. But we would have had no hope in doing it. He said, but no, I am the son of man anointed by Holy Spirit, and that's how I do what I do. Jesus did not have a leg up on us. The same Spirit that rested on and in Christ, where does he now live? Do you believe that? Listen to this. The the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are primarily about the things that Jesus did, a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. The Gospels are are about, I'm going to say it again, what Jesus did as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. But the book of Acts, 
from that point on is about what the Holy Spirit did through other men who believed in Jesus from that point on through the rest of the scripture. Tracking with me? The Gospels is about the power and the person of God through the Son working and walking with the disciples. But the book of Acts through the rest of the scripture by way of the Holy Spirit is not about God working outside of us. It's now about God working in and through us through the Holy Spirit. The Gospels are primarily what Jesus did as a man anointed with the Holy Spirit. But remember, those works were not meant to be worshipped as much as they were meant to be duplicated. Selah. Pause, comment, and think about what you just heard. The works of Jesus, his deeds, were not meant to be our ceiling. Rather, they were meant to be our floors. Jesus said in John 14 and 12, he said, The same stuff you see me do, God love, you shall do too. If that Bible verse would have ended right there, that's good stuff. But not period there, comma. And greater works than these shall you do, Bree. Why? He said, because I'm going back to my father. Well, if you're going back to the father, why is that good news for me? Because John said, Jesus said, if I don't go, he said, the Holy Spirit won't come to you. Because we got to be careful. Why do, you, why do you not see the Trinity just appearing everywhere all the time? Because anywhere the Trinity appears and stays too long, that becomes their heaven. So you see one coming and one going and one coming and one going and one coming and one going. But the Bible ends with this beautiful thought. Now, the tabernacle of God is now with mankind. Holy Spirit says, I'm coming to make you my temple. To live inside of you the same way I lived inside of the Christ. You ready? Jesus. We have got to get to a point, guys, that we quit making excuses for our own, watch this, powerlessness. The promise of the Father has been given to us. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's not somebody that's to come. He's here. They tarried for 10 days because he hadn't came yet, but now the tarrying days are over. Yeah, but I just, you know what, Pastor John, I just don't feel anything. Who cares what you feel? Truth is truth whether you feel it or not. And it's true because Jesus said it was. So if Jesus says Holy Spirit by way of faith is in you, he didn't say may it be true when your feelings catch up to the truth. It's true because Jesus said it. You are immersed in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but I don't feel it. There's a lot I don't feel. I, I never felt my liver. Right, you hear me say this all the time. There's times I don't feel married, but I'm married. He is the gift or the promise of the Father. Well, I'm trying to, I just, I really want to, I really want to receive him. Jesus says, ask and you shall what? Seek and you shall what? Knock and the door shall be what? What's the first letter of ask? What's the first letter of seek? What's the first letter of knock? Can you hear the Son of God doing the best of, to the best of his ability saying, all I'm trying to get you to do is simply ask. Because as soon as you ask, as soon as you seek, as soon as you start knocking, guess what? You're going to find yourself finding things, receiving things, and you're going to find doors beginning to be opened. 
I want, I want you to understand this. The Father is more willing to pour out to us than we are to ask. Actually, when you read the scripture, God usually over answers prayers anyway. He said, if you, if your child comes to you and says, hey, will you give me a cheeseburger? He said, would you give him a serpent? No. He said, even though we are imperfect, we know how to give good things to our children. If we who have been marred by sin know how to do that to our kids, Luke says, how much more will not your father in heaven give good gifts or the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I don't know yet anybody who's asked and hadn't received it. Because we would say, well, I, I would know when I received it if this happened. Really? Then what we're doing is we're taking our subjective feelings and trying to override objective truth. Listen, listen. Ask, seek, and knock. James says every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. Jesus says all you do is you ask and he comes. All you do is ask and he comes. Jesus said it is better for you if I go because if I don't go, Holy Spirit will not come. I, I would be just like the disciples. Lord, I don't know. It's better if you stay with me. Lord, I just wish, Jesus, I wish you never had to leave, Jesus. Jesus said again, it is to your benefit, Cameron, if I go. Because as awesome as it was to have Jesus walking beside you, Jesus never walked in them. But he walked beside them. But I'm going to send you an aloes, Caleb. I'm going to send you another of the same kind. And remember from last week, remember this word right here? The Holy Spirit will let us do in the absence of Jesus' presence what Jesus would do if he were physically present. Listen, the Holy Spirit will let us do in the absence of Jesus' physical presence what he would do if he were physically here. Why? Because the same Holy Spirit, it's not like Jesus had, you know, Holy Ghost caffeinated and we got Holy Ghost decaf. It's not like he got the senior Holy Spirit and we got the junior Holy Ghost. The scripture says, Romans 8 and 11, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, he will quicken your mortal body. We have the same Holy Ghost. The same one in the book of Acts, the same one that made his way through the epistles, the same one that hovered over broken earth in Genesis 1. We have the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And we still lose our attitudes on a regular basis. We get offended as much as people that don't have the Holy Spirit, that don't know they have the Holy Spirit. We speak to our spouses just like people that don't know they have the Holy Spirit. We entertain things like people that are fully unaware that they don't have the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you I am, too, I'm, I am too old already in life to act like and play games and say, well, bro, you know, I'm just going through to get through. No, no, no. Live as if the gospel is true. Live as if you are the house of God. Live as if the Holy Spirit actually makes his abode on the inside of you. Live as if you believe that to be true. 
If you say you got the Holy Spirit, then what does holiness look like? I should be able to look at you and say, that's what holiness looks like because the Holy Spirit lives in you, Jason. I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit to be a witness of what good church? No. I receive the Holy Spirit. You know why? You know what the Spirit of God does according to Jesus? Let's look at John chapter 16 again. Put that up on the screen, Katie. John 16 and 13. When the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into where? All truth. Everybody say, I need a guide. Come on, say, I need a guide. I'll never forget. Um, I went to Uganda one time. We were doing some ministry and part of going there. And man, as they took us on a safari, I always wanted to go. Now, if we'd have got out there and the guy was like, you know what? You can just go anywhere you want to. And I hope you see whatever you're looking for. Just walk out somewhere. I go about 10 miles that direction. Just just look. It's going to be amazing. I'm American. I'm so American that I thought, like, I was thinking in my mind, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to see, you know what, lions over there, Mike, and zebra over there, and elephants over there, and hippopotamuses over there. Can I tell you what? I, I was so wrong. They all live together. You know, animals ain't racist. They're not animalists. They all live together. It's only the peak of God's creation that argue over foolish things. And then all these animals live together. And, you know, he asked, what do you want to see? Once again, I'm American. I got Discovery Channel. I want to see the big five. And we saw everything except the lion. But we hired a guide because the guide knows the layout of the land. He knows where things are. And he has a better chance of giving you an opportunity to see them because he's a guide. He lives there. He walks there. He drives it every single day. Jesus said, I got stuff I really want to tell you, but I can't tell you right now. But there is one coming. He's Alos. He's helper. He's another of the same kind. And when he comes, he's not just going to tell you about truth. Don't tell me about the lion. I want to see the lion. Don't tell me about the car. I want to put my hands around a steering wheel. Don't tell me about a new house. I want to walk in and smell the carpet. He says he's going to lead and guide you into all truth. So that truth can become an experience for you, not just philosophical in your mind. When he comes, he's going to lead you into all truth. He's the guide. And whatever he hears, he's going to speak. We, everybody wants to know what God is like. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, you know what he's going to do? He's going to brag on somebody. Who's he going to brag on? Jesus Jesus said, me what's he gonna tell me he's gonna keep taking stuff that i want to tell you and tell you he actually said he's going to declare it he's going to preach it to you everything that jesus knows about the father the holy spirit knows from jesus i promise you the breaking in between these guys It's between here and us. I think one of the major issues with us, especially right now, is we're busy, boy. I mean, we are busy. We don't understand waiting anymore. I know people, they can go to the gym and rip their muscles by working out for an hour, hour and a half, and can't read for 10 minutes. And they brag about their pecs. 
But spiritually, they are withering away. And we know how to work Google and find anything we want. This is the Google of God. The whole, you know what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit? It says he knows the deep things of God. He knows the deep things of God. And he wants to say, let me show you something you ain't seen today, Peter, about Jesus. See, I like being extremely real. When is the last time you just got along and you just sat? You know what's going to happen when you start doing this? I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen. You're going to start thinking about stuff you ain't thought about in years. Like something stupid. Go sweep out the corners of the garage. You know, I, I, need to, I, I need to go clean out my, I ain't never thought about cleaning out my gutters until I started waiting on the Lord. I need to go wipe out the inside of my mailbox. Where does that thought come from? Because when you take time and start waiting and listening, I'm telling you, there's an unseen war that begins to take place. And the only thing the Holy Spirit, I mean, the enemy really knows to do is bring random stuff to your mind to get you out of that secret place of listening. Because he knows he's going to take what belongs to Jesus that Jesus got from the Father and bring it to the... You know how heaven comes to earth? Just that way. The Father has revealed things to the Son. The Son has revealed things to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit always takes what belongs to Jesus and he wants to reveal them to us. That's the simple, short, precise answer of how heaven comes to earth. But because we're busy and distracted, somebody said, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. You know what? Distracted. I, I was looking this up one time. Distracted. It means to pull apart. He said, I will pull you apart at the seams just by making you busy. I'm serious. This is such a big conviction of mine. To stop, to slow down, and listen to the Holy Spirit. Let him take what is Jesus's and give it to me. Look at John 16 and 14. He will glorify me because he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. And all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, Jesus, that he will take of what's mine and preach it to you. What? Man. I'm just trying to get rid of my bad attitude. I pr- Wait. Wait on him. Wait on him. I'm just trying to view my spouse better. Start waiting on him. It's like you get ready to have a, a, I call them passionate conversations with your spouse, not arguments. You got a a passionate conversation. And you just for that little chick, I probably shouldn't say that. Well, you didn't know that was the Holy Spirit, but it was. But because he whispers, you overrode it. And you said that to your spouse, and now you're sleeping in a doghouse. No, that was Holy Spirit. That's Holy Spirit. You can come sleep in my house anytime, Peter. You got anytime you want. What is it like? Romans 8 14. Those that are led by the Spirit of God, that's Holy Spirit. The same are what? They're the sons of God. Sons know what it means to be led. If he'd have said the sons of God are those that worship, I'd have been like, that's me. If he said the sons of God are those that pay tithes, like, that's me. The sons of God are those that have good church attendance. That's me. No, sons are those that are led. And he didn't say that the sons of God are those who never miss it. He said they're just those that are led. Come on. Come on. The sons are those that are led by the Spirit of God. 
Listen, this stuff is so simple, it takes church to complicate it, and we do a dang good job at complicating the gospel. When is the last time Holy Spirit did something in your life, really through your life, that blew your mind? Now, if I start telling stories about what I see on a weekly or semi-weekly basis, you might be like, I, I believe you made that up. Let me tell you something. People are dying to know the Lord, but they don't know that. I never forget one time going to Onkyo down here. You go there, uh, you know, I love my kids. If I am at church and I got kids, you know, one of the ways I make them be quiet is I don't quote the Bible verse, so I might go get them a slushy. Some of y'all are more spiritual than God, but anyway, like, I go get them a slushy or something. Just super, quite supernatural what happens right there. And I'm learning. Now, before I go into any store, I'll take a moment because the sons of God are those that are what? Led by the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, I know I'm here to get a slushy. But I'm also aware of you. And so I'm in there and I'm, everything's normal. And I get to the front and the, something about the young lady's face, I just thought, oh, man, I know I got I to gotta say something to her. But you, don't, but you don't know what to say, but I just know I got to say something. So I try to strike up a, a random conversation in the 20 seconds that I'm standing in front of her. Because I know that Papa wants to say something. I'm just not sure what. And in those moments when I'm not sure what to say, I'll just say something that I know to be true of her. That maybe she don't know. And it usually is something like this. Hey, have, did you go to church anywhere in the area? And sometimes it's like, no, or yes, or. And all that is is just a bridgeway for me to say, you know what? When I was looking at your face today, I really felt in my heart that the Holy Spirit wanted you to know it, man. He really cares about you. It, it, now, that is not that deep. But what did I just do? I made myself available to be led in a small moment. And that simple word penetrates their heart. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.